Jesus is the song by Todd Delaney. Glad to have you with us here today on this uh, second Sunday in April, the month of April. We thank God for uh, you being with us. It's been a week since Resurrection Sunday, and I'm just excited about what God is doing in my life and prayerfully what he's doing in your life. I'm just excited. I'm glad to be on this side of dirt, understanding that uh, so much is always happening. Uh, we hear so much in the world, but I'm glad to be in the service of the Lord. And in spite of all that's going on in my life right now, I give praise to God. Even on bad days, I give praise to God for him being my source of strength. Without him, I would have probably lost my mind a long time ago. In fact, I know I would have. So I thank God for you being here with us. And we come to give you a word of support, a word of strength, a word of encouragement. But I want you to pray with us right now as we begin our worship experience. Heavenly Father, we come to you now in the name of Jesus. and We say thank you for this day that was not promised unto us. We're grateful, God, because you are the great king of all God. And in spite of everything that goes on, God, you desire to get the glory, the honor, and the praise. So even right now, God, I pray that you will just add some super to my natural, that uh, the words that come out of my mouth, um, that come from my heart, will be Rhema, will be Zoe, unto the listeners that will all be the better for having been at this place at this time. I pray for everyone that's listening live, those who will be tuning in later in the day, later in the week, later in the month, in the year, whenever. I pray, God, that this word uh, won't have an expiration date under the anointing, but it will go forward and accomplish exactly what you set out for it to do. So I count it all done now in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, who is our redeeming Christ. And we say hallelujah and amen, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Last week we had uh, some minor glitches as we started and some people couldn't hear me in the beginning. I, I want to give a shout out this week. I, I uh, really don't do this because I'm a worshiper and I believe that we ought to gather just to lift up one name. That's the name of Jesus who is the Christ. But I can't go any further without thanking Brother Frank Cunningham from the Southern Baptist Church who's been a blessing to me and to the body of Christ since he's been at Southern but for at least the past uh, six months or so he's been working with us behind the scenes, trying to make things happen where the people of God can hear the message of God. So we thank God for Brother Cunningham. And just remember him in your prayers, if you would, my brothers and sisters. Amen. I'm going to ask that you would get your Bibles out, that you would journey with me today in your Bibles. <clears throat> and if you would turn with us to Isaiah, Old Testament text, the book of Isaiah, chapter 25. Isaiah chapter 25. Isaiah chapter 25. Once you've gotten there, go down to verse 8. I just want to put one verse from that, and I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Amen. Verse 8 from chapter 25 from the book of Isaiah says, He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces and the disgrace of his people will be take away. Excuse me. He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces and the grace of his people. He will take away from all the earth for the Lord has spoken. 
also want you to journey with me to uh, the book of John, St. John chapter 11. St. John chapter 11. St. John chapter 11. Beginning our reading, just two verses here. St. John chapter 11, verse 25 through 26. It reads like this. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Let me read that one more time. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Amen. I'm going to mainly stay here in uh, the gospel according to St. John. But I want to use today uh, as a, a point of reference and thought and theme this morning, I want to talk, about, talk to you about victory in Jesus. Victory in Jesus. I was sharing with my best friend yesterday for the past um, 19 months, the past 19 months, I've been like in a perpetual state of grieving the past 19 months. It was 19 months ago that um, one of my very close friends who I've known since middle school, he was um, he's just four months older than me, five months older than me, and he died. He died suddenly. Um, and my best friend and I were talking about it yesterday, how we're still grieving his loss, how we think about him. And then before I could even get that out of my system, because uh, that happened in uh, the first week of September, and then uh, middle of November, November 17th, uh, on my way to church, I found out that um, my cousin had transitioned. And then as I was getting out of worship, before I left the sanctuary, I checked my phone or really someone had talked to me and I found out that my aunt had passed on the same day two people had transitioned. And then before I can get over that in my, in my emotional state of my friend Dave and, and my cousin and my aunt, um, my mother uh, transitioned on January the 29th of the year 2020. And uh, in the midst of all this going on, I, I thank God that the Lord held me together. And then I thank God for the Southern Church that allowed me to step away to try to regain myself. Uh, all of them still didn't have any clue of all that was on my shoulders, all that was going on. It was still other stuff happening in my world. I live in the same world you do. So much going on. But then on top of that, here we are, the middle of March, the year 2020, and uh, the whole world is in, under a state of a pandemic because of the COVID-19 virus. Uh, and then this past uh, March made uh, a year we've been in this state of of social distancing and grieving the loss of people. In New York City, last year, between the months of April and May, there were uh, as an average of 800 people that died daily. 800 people that died daily. Uh, people were, were, were being stored because um, the morgues and hospitals and funeral homes were uh, overflowing with bodies, uh, with corpses. They, they were being stored in, in 
coolers outside of hospitals and morgues and outside of funeral homes. There were uh, these uh, uh, um, trailers that were, that were freezers, if you will, that were storing these bodies. And then this past week, just this past uh, Thursday night, late Thursday night, early Friday morning, somewhere around a little after midnight, I believe it was, really, my, my sister-in-law transitioned. Then, so I said, I feel like I'm in this constant state of grieving. And, and then with all of the, the funerals I've done, with all of the homegoings I've done, uh, all of the uh, uh, homegoings I've read scripture at or prayed at or just participate in, even the times, unfortunately, I had to sit on the front row, I've come to understand that I've done, I've participated in more than 200 funerals. I'm telling you, I feel like if I'm not if I'm not careful, if I didn't have the Lord to rely on, I would be in a perpetual state of grieving, and I would I don't know where I would be if I always thought about uh, my grief and what was happening. And some of you already know that grief is a natural response to to loss. It's a natural response to loss. It's the the emotional suffering that you feel when something or someone you love is taken away. And then our grief, because grief plays itself out in so many different ways. Uh, the pain of the loss can sometimes be so overwhelming that you experience all kinds of difficult and unexpected emotions. Sometimes it happens when you're home alone. It can happen in the car. It can happen while you work. And sometimes it happens uh, from um, the shock of anger or disbelief. It can come come in. Guilt can come into play. Uh, and, and sometimes profound sadness. And sometimes it's hard to tell when somebody else is grieving. I can't help but think about this before I get into what I really wanted to share with you today. Uh, as I read to you um, the, from St. John, I thought about how Mary and Martha, who were super cool with Jesus and his apostles, and they understood that Jesus had certain powers, and they sent for Jesus to come and see about their brother Lazarus, and Lazarus died. And they, uh, Mary comes and approaches Jesus. I could see her, because I know how sisters get putting their hands on the hip and doing their necks. And if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. If Jesus had to deal with Mary, and if that wasn't enough, he had to still deal with Martha, who said the same thing to him. And he told him, I am the resurrection and the life. Believe in me, even though you die, you, yet you will live. That Jesus understands what death is. But also, Jesus doesn't take a lot of stock in death. When I read the scriptures, I realize Jesus doesn't place a whole lot of stock in scripture, and excuse me, a lot of stock in death. And and I think about how uh, he, he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. You remember when he got off the boat and he was going, uh, he, he had to deal with the woman. He was on his way to Jairus' house, and the woman that had the issue of blood touched the hem of his garment, and she was made whole. He went to Jairus' house, and his daughter had died, but yet Jesus uh, raised her from the dead. Uh, he doesn't take a lot of stock in death, uh, even when he found out his boy Lazarus was dead, was dead because Mary Martha said message to him. Uh, he stayed there for four more days. Jesus stayed where he was. He was in no rush, uh, and and Jesus informed his apostles, and they said, well, by the time we get there, Master, see him, he's going to be stinking. His body is going to be, de be decomposing. And Jesus said, he's just sleep. Jesus does not view death the same way humanity does. See, he, he said he is the resurrection and the life. He places little value on this side of death. Hear what I'm saying. Jesus understands our lives are important, 
but he doesn't place as much stock in our humanity as he does our spirituality. Because here he is, he is God who is embodied in human flesh. And he understands our weaknesses. He understands all that we go through. That's why he came and lived so we won't have an excuse to say, well, you don't understand God because you're not in my flesh. Uh-huh, my son came and through the womb of a virgin and walked the earth for 33 years. He understood everything that humanity was going through. He who, who knew no sin took on our sins. He was, was everything, contracted his infinite limitlessness to fit inside the womb of a virgin so he could be born on this side of the dirt so he can walk and talk and experience all kinds of things that we experience. And so he, uh, we, we, we realize that God allowed uh, Jesus to be here and he is not uh, even concerned. Jesus was not even concerned about his impending demise because he told his disciples, I must go to Jerusalem. He told his disciples that he was, he was going away. And they was like, well, where are you going? He said, well, if you believe in the Father, you ought to believe in me. And he told them I'd go to prepare a place for you. That he kept telling them that what was going to happen in him. And even uh, uh, Peter said, no, you, Lord, you're not going to do that. You can't do that. He said, uh, get behind me, Satan, because you desire the things of this world. That Jesus understood that death was a process. He saw death as a process. Most importantly, because of the work he was going to do, he understood exactly what was waiting for him. How most of us, or some of us, in fact, excuse me, none of us really know how we're going to die. I don't care what the doctors say. You might be right now. The doctors may have told you you have stage four cancer. You don't know. The Lord might allow you to live and you might live another 20 years, die of natural causes. You don't know if it's going to be a car accident, plane fall out of the sky. You don't know how we're going to die. I don't know how I'm going to die. That's why it's important for us to understand what we're doing in this life and prepare for life after death. And then the only the, the, the real dichotomy, the real dichotomy when I look at this thing, Brother Cunningham, when I go to funerals, when I go to funerals and I'm doing funerals, I see how there's a crowd of people that are grieving, that are mourning the loss of a loved one. And yes, I'm, I'm, I'm grieving that my sister-in-law has transitioned. I'm grieving that my mother has transitioned. I'm grieving that my cousin transitioned. Grieving that my aunt transitioned. Grieving that my boy Dave transitioned. I'm grieving uh, of so many that have, of, we've lost under the pandemic my cousin uh, that uh, uh, passed and transitioned because of COVID-19, grieving because different people at Southern have transitioned during the pandemic. I'm grieving, I'm grieving, but guess what? The good news is I'm not grieving as those that have no hope because I do understand there's a dichotomy because there's some folk on one side that are grieving uh, and saying, oh no, what was me? Oh, we'll never see this person again. I don't know what's gonna happen. And they have no hope on the other side. The dichotomy is on the other side that there's those of us that will grieve the loss of an individual, but we have it in our mind that we will see them again. That's why some folk come to home goings and some of us crazy preachers will say, praise the Lord. And we're excited. And we come to celebrate somebody's life. And some of you saying, I can't even get down with that because I'm still mourning their loss. Well, I want you to know that we worship and praise the Lord. And we're excited about the fact that, that God has allowed them to be with us this long. But we do understand, and I don't play any games. I do understand that we're going to miss the one we love that transition. And the world sees death as the 
end, but yet Christians see it as just the beginning. The world sees death as an unwelcome intruder, if you will, but I do understand and I believe that death is nothing more than the porthole to eternal life. Uh, the, the world sees it that they're not sure what's on the other side, but the Christian believes that, that Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. In my father's house are many mansions. If it weren't so, I wouldn't have told you. I, the world would, 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 uh, uh, would wonder why God would allow somebody to die. But we understand, believers understand, this is not our home. We're just pilgrims traveling through this barren land. That really when we transition, when the earthly tabernacle will be dissolved, we got a home to go to. That's when real life begins to happen. That's why on this side of the dirt, it's it's practice, if you will. I remember, I remember when I was in high school and I played football, we'd have practice Monday through Friday. The games were on Saturday mornings. Uh, the games were on Saturday. All our games were on Saturday in Jersey. We played high school football games that time on Saturday. And uh, practice all week long was about getting hit, getting dirty, going over the plays, going over the plays over and over and over and over and over. And, and regardless of what was happening in the game, uh, your body was supposed to know what to do. Muscle memory is supposed to kick in because of what you had practiced all week long. Well, I want you to know that while we're on this side of dirt, uh, this is just practice. And we ought to be praising God. As we're going through uh, trials and tribulations, we ought to be praising the Lord. As we're having good times, we ought to praise the Lord. When death comes into our homes, we ought to praise the Lord. Yeah, I know sometimes it's hard to give thanks in the midst of sorrow, but Paul says in everything give thanks this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, that we need to know how to give God praise because once we get home, once we get home on that Saturday, if you will, when we get up from the grave, our souls get up from the grave and work with God for eternity, that's when real worship takes place. Over here, we just supposed to practice praising him, if you will, that we ought to give his name glory, honor, and praise for everything that goes on. But God wants us to worship him for eternity once we get home, that when we get home, it'll be a natural reaction to what we've already been through. And if nothing else, you say, Lord, I thank you for bringing me through this, through many danger, toils, and snares. I've already come, that we can worship God and praise him because he is the resurrection and the life through Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 says that Christians are new creatures in Christ. That once we accept Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, you don't have to worry about physical death or spiritual death. Uh -huh, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And, and because of the new life in Christ, we are to die to sin. In other words, sin does not have a, a, a chokehold on us that, that, that we're saying, I can't breathe like, uh, like, like um, um, George Floyd, I can't breathe. But what happens is we understand that we have power over sin because greater is he that's within us than he who's in the world. Yeah, that, that I can't lie and say the devil made me do it because once I know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, I understand I have victory in Jesus. The enemy can't win. He can't win any battle. It doesn't matter what he throws your way, my brothers and sisters. The enemy has not won. You have victory in Jesus Christ. When it comes to physical death, we should not fear death. It, it, it ushers us into the very presence of God. That's why just a couple of weeks ago, my, my uh, mother's first cousin, my second cousin, transitioned in 
uh, in her uh, in, in Virginia Beach, and her and my mother were uh, disciples at the same church, and I was there in Virginia Beach at the home going, and I heard my cousin, her son, say how uh, the last hours of her life, she was just calling on one name. She didn't call on her mother's name. She didn't call her, uh, her husband's name. She didn't call on her two sons' names. She called on one name, the very name of Jesus, understanding that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So my cousin Jeanette is added to that list also of people of transition and, and how, how Jesus spoke intensely of this uh, of death that I think about how, how when Jesus talks about death, he, he, it really, again, he doesn't place a lot of stock in it. I think about even in scripture, if you will, for a second, uh, Sister Tong, how Jesus stopped the funeral procession and how Jesus knew not to, to die before his time because he said when it came time for him to die, he said, no man takes my life, but I lay it down. I don't care. He didn't care what they conspired, how they conspired against him. He knew good and well they did not have the power to make him die. He didn't even die like others died on the cross. That you need to understand that the Romans were excellent. They were experts, if you will, at, at torture. They, they had that thing on lockdown. They knew how to torture somebody. That's why crucifixion was one of the most... Uh, Unf uh, it was one of the most agonizing deaths that could happen at that time. But Jesus, he went to the cross on our behalf and he did it for us. So Christians, we see death as not the end, but we see death as an opportunity. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you ought to see death as an opportunity. Stop looking at it the way you used to because once you understand what Jesus did, that he allowed himself to go to the cross. He allowed himself to be nailed to the cross. He allowed himself to be pierced in the side. He allowed everything to happen to him that happened. And he fixed it so he even foretold his death, said his bones would not be broken. What would usually happen after a certain number of hours after uh, criminals dying on these crosses, the soldiers would come and break their legs. They couldn't push themselves up on the cross and continue to get oxygen in their lungs. So without your legs uh, to do that, it would cause you to suffocate faster. And so Jesus uh, died before the soldiers had a chance to break his bones and his legs. So he, he foretold that. And so he died. But when he died, his death was not a natural death like everybody else. What he did, he went and he prepared the way for us. So regardless of how we transition, we transition from death into eternal life. But what Jesus did, he then went to hell and he looked Satan in the face and says, oh, death, where's thy sting? Grave, where's thy victory? That Jesus, I thank God for Jesus because my faith in him, my belief in him tells me that what he did was something supernatural. You have to remember, he was 100% man, but he was 100% God. That when he died, he went to hell and he beat Satan in his own backyard. He snatched the keys of death and the grave, looked Satan in the face, says, oh death, where's thy sting? Grave, where's thy victory? So Christians see death as an opportunity. And regardless of how we transition, the reality is we're going home to be with the Lord. I, like everybody, I want to live a long time. Martin Luther King Jr. said, I like everybody, I want to live a long time. But I've been to the mountain town and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but as a people, we should overcome. That I need you to know today that regardless of what you're going through, regardless how life might be hard for you, is we're still in the pandemic. Regardless of what you're going through financially, regardless of what you're
you're going through socially or emotionally, whether you are dealing with death after death after death and have to deal with it by yourself perhaps on this side, no other human being you can share your emotions with. I want you to know that as a result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of one man's sin that when Adam messed up, when Adam sinned, he fixed it so all of us were now considered sinners. And because God gave human beings freedom of choice, we choose to either sin or we choose to live for him. I want you to understand that none of us are perfect. Romans uh, chapter 3 tells that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But here's what I get excited about. Jesus came to forgive us of our sins. That's why we've got victory in Jesus. So when you sin, all you've got to do is really do it from the heart. Mean it from the heart. Confess uh, uh, your sins to Jesus. And if you confess them, the Bible says he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That you don't have to worry about all that. So in spite of what Adam did, we need to know for Adam's sin led to condemnation. But God's free gift leads to us being made right with God. It, it, God allowed Jesus to die. And when Jesus died, he put us in right standing with him. Uh, even though we're guilty of many sins, he still hooks us up. I don't know about you, but I need a spiritual hookup. Every now and then I'll go somewhere. I might go to a certain restaurant. I might have gone to a certain store to buy something. And because I know somebody that knows somebody or somebody knows of me, somebody saw me, maybe the spirit is moving. In fact, I know the spirit is moving on my behalf before I get there. What happens is God is fixing so somebody can give me a hookup. Not, not mean anybody doing anything criminal, but they give me favor. God has given me favor. And so what God has done for each and every one of us, he has given us favor that we don't have to worry about what's going to happen when we die. Because as believers, what we do is we see what Jesus did for me is stronger than what Adam did to me. Even though Adam sinned, I understand that what Jesus did trumps whatever Adam did. And also, I realize God has not written me off. Uh -huh. As a matter of fact, he has written me into his will. That when my mother and father transitioned, both of them had wills. They both had wills. And my name, as their son, as their third child, is written in their will. I thank God that, uh, more importantly, that God didn't write me off because of my sin nature, because I accepted Jesus' death as nothing more than a human, uh, human slash godly sacrifice for my sins and I accept him as my risen savior that he didn't just die but he got up from the grave with all power in his hand he now sits on the right hand of God the father intercedes on my behalf I'm a part of the body of Christ that God fixed it so my sins are forgiven my sins are washed away yes I still sin yes I'm still a mess that's why I need him I'm imperfect but God I serve is perfect so I thank God he's not written me off as a matter of fact he's written me into his will and then I'm not condemned but I'm loved that in spite of what you think of my sin nature I'm loved regardless of what I have and have not done I am loved and I have received God's free gift of right relationship with him that what happens is when God uh, hooks you up with this relationship he fixes it so in spite of what we've done he is allowed the blood of Jesus to put us in right standing or place us as 
a son. He imputes his righteousness upon us, is really what that means in theological terms, that he, 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 he gives us his righteousness. So when God sees us, he sees us with, covered with the blood of Jesus. So he recognizes that we're related to Jesus because of our faith in him. A lot of folk, a lot of folks, uh, they see my daughter and they say that she doesn't, that she favors her mother. And I praise God for that because her mother is a beautiful person. And people see the son and say he favors me. Well, I thank God that one of the children uh, might look like me. I don't know how my son really feels about that, but I, I gave him my name. I thank God that I'm related to them and they're related to me because of the blood from their mother and their father. Well, what God did was he did not need Joseph's blood. He just needed him, his, his perfection to be implanted inside the womb of a virgin so that we could all have perfection through Jesus Christ. So I'm not condemned, I'm loved, and, I'm, and I have received God's free gift of right relationship to him. And then Jesus became sin for me. So when he died, he took on not just my sins, he took on your sins. He took on the sins of the world. That's why I'm so excited about it. He did, he did nothing wrong. I became righteous in him because I couldn't do, I couldn't do anything right. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe not like me. Maybe you have everything all together. But there's some things I don't do well, and and the things I don't do well, I probably don't do them often. But when I mess up in some area, and I say, well, I can't do that. So I'm not gonna do that too often. Da 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 da. Uh, but some stuff I can't get right in my life. And regardless of how much I try to get it right, I can't get it right. I remember when I was in elementary school, I needed special help in a certain subject, and I had to go. My mother and father made sure I would go for some tutoring uh, after school. I had to stay longer after school to work with the teacher in that subject. And and I felt crazy because. You know, other kids call me stupid and this and that because I need some help in that area. Well, what happened is God fixed it, so I had to help. That in our sin life, we all need some help. And you don't have to stay after school. All you have to do is accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior because he's already hooked you up. And see, because He, I became righteousness because I can't do anything right, God already fixed it. So in his eyes, I look right all the time. I praise God for that. And then my goal today and every day is to please him. That I don't have to be perfect because he's perfect. So, But still my desire is to please him. It becomes a greater desire because of what he's already done for me. In spite of my wickedness, in spite of my sinfulness, I praise God even the more. That he looks beyond all my faults and meets me at the point of my needs. You don't have to worry about, uh, don't walk around all day saying, oh, I can't sin, I can't sin, I can't sin. You just begin to praise God. Begin to ask the Holy Spirit to show you what you should and should not do. And even if you mess up, don't let the enemy beat you down because you sin. You just praise God that you're still on this side of dirt. Until you get home to see him face to face, you ought to worship him and praise him. And I don't know about you, but I'm so excited that when Jesus died, he didn't just die. I told you he got up from the grave. I already told you he sits on the right hand of God the Father. The Bible tells us he ascended into heaven. He went up to heaven and he now takes his rightful place again on the throne. And what he does when we pray in the name of Jesus, Jesus talks to God on our behalf. He hooks us up. That uh, A hookup on this side might be able to get you a 15 or 20% discount. You might be able to get friends and family discount at certain stores and certain places. But Jesus gives us some friends and family discount where it's 100% off. That we don't have to 
pay the debt of sin because Jesus paid it for us. I give God praise for Jesus. I've got victory in Jesus. So regardless of me feeling like I'm in a perpetual state of grieving, I give God praise because through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. This thing is real. This thing is not just about what my mama and daddy told me. It's not just about what my grandmama said. It's about everything that the Lord has already done. It's about me knowing in faith that Jesus is my savior forever. That's why we got victory. If you believe in Jesus, you've got victory in Jesus. You've got victory in Jesus. Praise the Lord for victory in Jesus. Victory in Jesus. God, we thank you even now for the teaching that you gave us to give to your people that we all might be better and not bitter. Understand, God, that you've fixed this so that you understood, you understood even before we got to planet Earth and you fixed it so that we one day, our phys physical bodies will wear out, but our spiritual person will live forever. And you desire for our spiritual person to live with you. So we thank you, Lord, for those who have accepted you as their personal Lord and Savior those who have already acknowledged that you are indeed the Christ, the son of the living God. But God, if there's somebody now that's never made that decision, I pray that this message has helped them, move them in their faith walk. They understand it's not about a feeling, but it's about faith, the confident reliance upon a confident belief in you and what you did for us. And God, I wasn't there. I didn't see it personally, but I'm a witness of, to your goodness. I'm a witness to your grace, a witness to your favor, a witness to your love, a witness to your kindness. So because of all you've done for me and through me, I thank you for giving me the victory over sin. I thank you for allowing me to be placed as a son. Thank you for imputing your righteousness upon me. For, so for those that are making this decision today, God, I pray for them that until they continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of who you really are, they'll take a step in faith and acknowledge you as their personal Lord and Savior. And it's in Jesus' name I pray and I thank you. Amen, amen, amen. We praise God for you even listening and for those of you that have made a decision today and still in the process of making a decision, I pray that you understand that it's not just about this life. You really don't have a life uh, until you have Jesus because he said he came to give us life everlasting, that there is indeed victory in Jesus. And so if you've prayed this prayer with me today or received that prayer and, and confessed with your mouth that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, you need to know that God already accepts you. It happens instantaneously just like that. But also uh, we work out our salvation. We work out our, our relationship with the Lord. And that's, a, that's the period of sanctification. That starts from the time you make that decision to follow Jesus to the time of death or rapture, whichever comes first. And it's a process of teaching, a process of learning, a process of falling down but still getting up in Jesus Christ. See, it's one thing to fall down and have to get up on your own. It's another thing to fall down and get some help to get you up. And Jesus helped us get up as he got up from the grave. So we thank God for you. And for those who've made the decision a while ago, we praise God for you. We thank God for you, for every believer that's been walking with the Lord for a long time. But we need to be encouraged daily and understand what the Bible has to say about life and about death, that we have victory in Jesus. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. I thank God again for you and I thank God for everyone that's tuned in. I thank God for you that are continue to sow into the ministry at Southern Church. For those of you that are um, still tithing unto the Lord. It's not about it's not about this my money and I work hard for it. No. Everything we have comes from the Lord. All things come of thee and of thine own have we given thee. So we give God what belongs to him. The tenth, the tithe is not a debt that we owe, but it's a seed that we sow. We sow 10% into, into the church of Jesus Christ, into the Lord's work that uh, we might be able to do, engage in spiritual warfare on his behalf. And some of you aren't able to do what I do or what others do for the kingdom's sake. And even while we're in the pandemic, I thank God for the Southern Church, for people that are uh, at the church on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, preparing meals to hand out hot meals on Wednesdays to the, uh, to the needy. And uh, we thank God for... Uh, me being there some weeks and seeing people line up outside and they're grateful that the people of Southern aren't looking down their nose at them. They're there to minister unto them. I thank God that we're ministering to people. Thank God for our women's ministry that just uh, last Saturday or Saturday before they handed out, um, uh, they took some personal products over to the women's shelter in our area of the city to be a blessing to those women. And those women said they know the Southern Church. Some of them had been there for other uh, things we had going on. And you don't know how blessed you are to have what you have and somebody else is standing in need. So give because Christ gave his all for us. So we give a tithe unto the Lord. And then on top of that, we're blessed by giving an offering. So we give an offering unto the Lord also. And the offering is anything over 10%. So if you earned $100, if you got $100 because, uh, and you still earned it if it's a retirement check, or I don't care what kind of government check it is or whatever the case might be, if you got $100, $10 that goes unto the work of Jesus Christ, unto the Lord. And what God will do, if you allow him to, if you have faith in him, that 90% will sometimes seem like it's 180%. In other words, that $90 can be stretched as if it was $180. And God does not always bless us financially because you give a tithe. Don't always look to get more money. That's the worldly concept. Like you, you place a bet, you get a return on it. You make an investment. But here's a, a spiritual investment. God does not always bless us in kind. In other words, because I give a tithe, does not always mean I'll have more money. Sometimes it just means I'll have peace of mind. I already told you, I feel like, I feel like I'm in a constant state of grief and, and mourning, but I'm telling you, it's the Lord who gives me a peace beyond all understanding because uh, he said he'll keep us in perfect peace if we keep our minds stayed on him. So it's not about the money, it's about me living victoriously on this side, and more importantly, knowing in Christ I've got the victory so I can be with him on the other side. So stop always looking for more money, more money, more money. No, you don't look for more money, you look for more blessings from the Lord. And when you see it through that lens, you'll be able to see how God wants to use you to be a blessing to others. So you can be a blessing to us at the Southern Church by using the Tithely app, that's T-I-T-H-E dot L-Y, the Tithely app, or Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. Use either one of those apps, uh, and you can sow a seed into the Southern Church, or you can still write a check or send a money order to Southern Baptist Church of Harlem. That's the Southern Baptist Church of Harlem. We're located at 12-16 West 108th Street, New York, New York, 
10025. Again, that's the Southern Baptist Church of Harlem, located 12-16 West 108th Street, New York, New York, 10025. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. This so you can be blessed. Um, do it so you can be blessed. Don't wait on anybody else to do it. Don't talk about uh, what somebody else told you. It's not. Do it because you want to be blessed and the Lord wants to make use of you and your gifts. And let us pray right now over the gifts that we'll be receiving at the Southern Church. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to be given. For those that are giving out of love, uh, we pray, God, that you will stir the greedy person, the, 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 the one that doesn't know the ignorant person. Stir them as an as eagle stirs its nest, that they won't find any peace or rest until they find truth in you and your word and what it means to give. So you said give and you'll give it back, pressed down, shaken together, running over in good measure, you'll give it back. So we believe that in Jesus' name and we count it done now and we say amen, amen, amen. We praise the Lord. We also want to hit you with these few announcements before we um, worship God and, and, and the Lord's Supper and the Eucharist communion. I want to give you these few announcements that, uh, <coughs> excuse me, on Tuesday evening at 7 p.m., Thursday morning at 7 a.m., the Southern Church is in prayer. We're in prayer on our prayer line. You can dial this toll-free number. You can uh, dial this free uh, number, I'm saying toll free like I'm on a commercial or doing a commercial. You can dial this number, uh, 712-775-8972 is the prayer line. Then the access code is 967-013, 967-013. After you dial the, the phone number, it'll ask you for the access code, and you just dial 967-013, and you get online with us for 40 minutes and pray. And then you can use that same number on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. to be with the Southern Church and study Wednesday in the Word. Our Sunday school teachers are teaching on Wednesday evening at 6.30. So again, you dial 712-775-8972. Access code is 967-013. Let us prepare our hearts right now to celebrate the Lord's Supper. Uh, as I had asked you last week to consecrate some bread and some water or wine or whatever we, we, we did not have. I don't have it with me today. I forgot all about it until a minute ago that it is the second Sunday. Uh, but I still want to worship God with you for those of you that are prepared to celebrate and commune with the Lord right now. So let's pray right now over the elements. And if you're, if you're not ready like me, then feel free to do it right after you hear this message as you get some bread, a morsel of bread or a cracker, something you can just chew on. And then some, um, some um, we use grape juice for those that are using wine and, and water or any liquid that you can use to seriously commemorate and remember what Jesus has done for us. Let's pray over those elements right now. God, we thank you for your life and your death. We thank you for your body and your blood. We pray even now, God, you might just change these carnal elements into spiritual power for us, that we might remember what you did for us on Calvary. We thank you, Lord, for all we've been through and how you've never left us nor forsaken us. So we thank you and we worship you right now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As we read from uh, the, 
the book of uh, the letter of, uh, that was written to the Corinthians, we'll find how Peter, how Paul, excuse me, he says that the Spirit imparted this knowledge unto him. And he said on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he uh, took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it unto his apostles. And he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Eat ye all of it. Those of you that are communing, eat your bread right now. That is the body of Jesus Christ. We do it in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The text further tells us, and likewise after supper, he took the cup when they had supped. He said, this is, uh, represents the New Testament in my blood. Uh, that, that At that time, there was just one chalice they drank from, and they passed the cup around. And really what was going on at that time, Sister, uh, Sister Taylor, is that, that God fixed it so that the blood of Jesus would wash away our sins. And in that day and age, a sign of, of, of a, co a covenant, a sign of a treaty, a sign of a, a contract, if you will, was about saying some words, whatever both parties were saying, and it was sealed by drinking from the same chalice. So Jesus said, as often as you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death until he comes. Let us commune together. You may drink from your cup. It's in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen, amen. Again, we thank God for you being with us here today. We thank God that we were able to bring God's house to your house. I pray wherever you are, when you hear this, you'll get excited because you know that you have victory in Jesus. Don't worry about how you're going to die. Don't worry about how God's going to take you out of here. Just remember that you have victory in Jesus. You have life that you're living on this side, but you're living that you can live again. Victory in Jesus. This is Yolanda Adams uh, who is singing Victory in Jesus.